So you're dancing with the with the mamas? With people like moms that think that they can dance and they sh- start shaking their booty and it just it happens, man. It happens. Enrique so you- becomes goes from Kike to Kiki. Kiki's like my alter ego. It's my stripper name. So. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Just wanted to let you know that one of the best tournaments we've run thus far is premiering on the JM Warehouse YouTube channel. One inning league roulette. Quick games, lots of action. One team doesn't make the postseason. One team doesn't get drafted. Hearts get broken, heroes get made. Make sure you tune in and join us in the live chat, JM Warehouse YouTube channel, Games Premier at 6 o'clock. Thanks. Hey, everybody, and welcome once again to the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media, and I've been chasing this guy down for years. I don't know why he was dodging me. I I wouldn't want to talk to me either. That's why I'm wearing my Red Sox cap today. The starting shortstop of your Boston Red Sox. Kike Hernandez, or should I introduce you as Enrique Javier Hernandez Gonzalez? Is that really your full name? Middle name is wrong. Wikipedia sucks. It does suck. So why would it say? So what? What did I have an extra name in there? Uh, no. So Latin culture, we got both our mom and like dad and mom's last names. But uh, I don't know. I think it was some fan fan girl or some somebody that thought that my J meant Hernandez, but my middle name is Jose. So wait a second. It should be Enrique Jose Hernandez Gonzalez? Yes, sir. Oh, shit. Producer Rob, we're going to fix that on Wikipedia form. Please okay. do. You know what? They uh, The PA announcer at Fenway Park should introduce you now every time at the plate as Enrique Jose Hernandez Gonzalez. I don't I don't think that's a great idea because I'm gonna walk to the plate thinking I'm in trouble. <laughs> the only time I hear Enrique Jose is when I was a kid and I was in trouble. So yeah, let's let's not do that. I okay. wanna I wanna feel good about my walk to the plate. Absolutely. So were you the were you the fun kid in trouble or were you the bad kid in trouble? I bet you were the fun kid. Uh I got into a little bit of both troubles, but for the most part, the fun one, the one that would always be down to do everything that nobody wanted to do. Okay. And of course I would get in trouble. I would get caught. I couldn't throw the rock and hide my hand. I was just, I just kept the hand out there. I was like, yeah, with me. Yeah. (laughs) So you were like, you were, you were easily the class clown had to be right. Yes. I knew my role within the classroom. Okay, so Wikipedia, and I'm going to tread lightly here, also said you went to a military academy in Puerto Rico. Did they get that one right? Yeah, they did. But it's not like that school is not like the typical military school in the States. It's just it's a really good high school or it's got from all the way from preschool all the way to senior year in high school. But uh, back in the day when it first started, it used to be like mandatory to be a part of the military program and eventually and it was all boys and eventually it switched to boys and girls and uh military part of it became optional so uh when i was in eighth grade i got the opportunity to go there for high school and i asked the first thing that i said was am i gonna have to be part of the military program and they said no it's it's totally optional and i said all right i'm in i don't i don't i don't do well with commands so i would have loved to have seen you like sir yes sir Oh, that would. I got so dropped. Good. I got dropped twice. I got dropped twice for making fun of the sergeants. Wait, you got dropped twice. What does that mean? They like they're like you're dropped. You got to give me twenty five push-ups. No shit, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I and did you bang those 25. out? So you yeah, bang those out, and all of a sudden they're like they're looking at you like, oh wait, kid's an athlete. Like maybe we should I, snag him. I try to make him funny. I was just yelling. Wah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somehow I made it four years getting dropped only twice. Okay. Yeah, I would have taken the over on that with you. Uh, yeah, yeah. But when it came to the sergeants, I, I knew how to stay away from them. So was it all boys or was it uh was it co ed at that point? It was co ed, yeah. I got there was a couple of schools that are still all boys and that's not for me. Well, I just want to tell you, I went to an all boys school from kindergarten through 12th grade. And that I explains swore, a lot. 
I swore if I had kids, I would never do. There's there are benefits to single sex education schools. Like you're really focused, you're really dry. I went to a high end, you know, high school and stuff. But man, I got to college and I was like, what in the hell is going on around here? Like I was like I was like five years behind in development. Yeah, I hear you. No, but uh, I needed. Uh, I feel it's good to be the co-ed. You figure out a way to. You learn how to, I mean, I got two sisters and obviously my mom and my grandma were huge and embracing me, but um, kind of teaches you how to respect the other sex a little bit as well. Oh, yeah. No, that's good. Well, now now that you've got a daughter, right? Yeah. Girl, dad. Okay. And, um, you know, we just passed the holiday season. So I love seeing, she obviously enjoyed the trip to see Santa Claus. Cause I mean, the look on her face on your Instagram was one of like, look at everybody's smiling. And there she's like, get me the hell away from the fat man. Yep. Pretty much. And uh funny thing is there was two pictures, one where she was like about to start crying and then the crying one. And my wife was like, no, I don't want to do the crying one. I don't want to do the crying one. I was like, all right, you don't do the crying one. I'll buy both. I'll post the ones that I want and you can post the ones that you want. He's like, oh, it's going to be traumatizing. Sends the wrong message. I was like, no, it doesn't send the wrong message. It's a, it's a picture that's worth a million bucks. Like, you have to post this picture. Absolutely. So I posted it, yeah. Absolutely. She'll have that for her high school graduation, for her college graduation, for wherever she ends up at work, whatever she ends up in life. She will always have that moment, and she'll look and she'll go, yeah. Really, Dad? Really? Funny thing is, she was like pointing, ho, 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 when it was time to put her on the lap. No, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> well, but then think like, about it. Like, right, we teach our kids from a very young age. You stay away from strangers. But when it comes to the holiday season, we're like, here, go sit on that dude's lap, up, you know? Yeah. Why, like, why not? We're all like, oh, no, it's cute. It's supposed to be fun. And, you know, the kids are like, wait a second, mixed messages here. Help me out. Stood in line for an hour and a half to sit oh. my daughter in somebody's lap. I was that person. An hour and a half? We couldn't yeah. have slipped somebody like a hundred to move to the front? Wow. I want to. I, I like flying undercover here in, in Arizona. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, we got a lot of baseball ground to cover with you. But I want to start off with a guy who uh, is very close to us here at John Boy Media. I do a daily uh, podcast with him baseball today and that would be the one and only trevor plouffe so he has a little message for you tk my man i, I know imagine. c rosie wants me to come on here and like kind of like talk a little ish about the home run but i'm not gonna do that because i respect you as a ball player i do re remember the at bat though i was getting ready to face rich hill because i think he was coming in and then all of a sudden we saw you on the mound and that made me happy uh but then i got in the box and i think you got like ahead of me like two strikes really quickly so i had to like really bear down and you kind of left one up and out over the plate. I just touched it. The ball was kind of flying at that time. And if you remember, it was like one in the morning. So I think everyone was happy on both sides that uh, that the ball was gone. And you were doing some like humping of the air uh, in your warm-up pitches. So we all had fun with that one. Uh, but good luck in Boston this year. Hope you crush it at shortstop. And uh, we'll, we'll meet up, man. We'll talk soon. Appreciate yeah. it, Trev. Um, I think... I want to say that that might have been your last home of your career, and it's an honor to have given it up. Uh, but it sucked, man. It sucked. Uh, my war went down. Um, I was 0 for 7 at the plate that game. It was like 1, 2 in the morning. Next day, I had to play shortstop at noon. It was a noon game in Philly. You can imagine in the middle of the summer how nice and warm that was. And, uh, yeah, I got, I got up to two strikes, and I remember I threw an EFIS. Like, maybe got, maybe got the corner of the plate, but Yas clanked it. Didn't get the call. Next pitch, I try to, like, throw it at, like, 80%. And if, it was like a pitch out. I don't know how he got to that pitch. Hit it right center. Almost landed in the bullpen. It was a bomb. It was a bomb. That, that clubhouse was really quiet when I came in. And uh, it was a tough game. And I came in and I said, hey, uh, I need some advice, guys. Has anybody ever gone 0 for 7 at the plate and lost the game on the mound? And everybody started laughing, and we all forgot about the game right there. But uh, 
it wasn't that great of a feeling. Um, I always thought that sometimes the mound looks close from home plate, but that mound looked way closer from when I was pitching. I felt like I was going to hit the hitter in the head with my hand, releasing the ball. I was kind of nervous. I hadn't pitched in a game since I was like 13, 14, and um, it just didn't go well. First, first pitch I threw, I gave up a line drive. Nick Williams, I think his name was, in the gap, and I thought it was way gone. And it wasn't even close to like even get into the warning track. Belly ran for days in right field, made a great catch. And then from there on, they're like, everybody's in the top step telling me I can't throw hard. I can't really like com- command the ball that well if I'm not throwing hard. And uh, walk the next guy. I think I walked the next guy again and then got it, got it, got ahead of Trevor. And I quickly lost control of the game. And it was a pretty lonely walk back to the dugout. What was what was the hip thrusting all about? I always said I always did it warming up, you know, um, playing catch. I always said if I ever get to pitch in a game, I'm, this is going to be my wind up. Um, and I got that opportunity and it was my last warm up pitch. And I like peeked in the dugout. Guys were looking at me and I kind of gave it. They wanted me to do it in the game. But I, I like to take the game a little more serious when it's in between the lines and it's go time. But uh, I got it. I got it in once in between in between innings. Well, I think they they almost had to blur it out based on what you did. It got got a little filthy yeah. for Spectrum, I think. It was past midnight. Yeah. Oh, so that's we're, right. We're, Dodgers we're, after we're dark. Good. Yeah, we were good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we know. You know, I've talked to you about your dancing. So I met. You must own dance floors at, at weddings. Something like that. Come on. They, they, Don't I bite mean, your lip. Don't you dare I'm bite not, your lip on the rose. I'm rotation. not gonna. I'm not going to say I'm going to do – I am the dance king, but in – I want to say it was 2017, 2018, one of those two years, there's like three or four Dodger weddings. And I went I went to three of them, and I, I went three for three. I went to three weddings, and I ripped three pants. It just – it just it, sometimes it gets out of control, and I get one mom that thinks she can dance, and I let her I, – I like to humble them. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. So you're dancing with the, with the mamas, with people like moms that think that they can dance and they sh- start shaking their booty and it just it happens, man. It happens. Enrique so you- becomes goes from Kike to Kiki. Kiki's like my alter ego. It's my stripper name. So. <laughs> what what is the difference between the two? The E and the I. The- Thank you. Thank you, yep. Vowel Boy. Yep. What is the persona difference? That persona is the same, but the hips are a little more loose. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Dance dance moves go from PG-13 to R quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this, this can get a little uncomfortable if it's teammates' moms or just anybody's mom a little bit out I, there. I like, so, to go for the, I like to go for the bride's mom. For the bride's mom? Yeah. Hey, now. Okay, so should, we get- so I'm okay. I, I like to go for the parent of the person that I don't know. Oh, okay. This last off season or this off season, we went to a wedding. A friend of Mariana's from high school and uh, groom's mom, kind of older. She was not into dancing. Uh, she didn't look like she was having that great a time. And I just I approached her and I kind of gave her a lap dance and I let her know like, Hey, it's a wedding. It's your kid. Your kid's getting married. We got to have fun. And, uh, she had a big smile and she had a great night after that. So did you get some extra ones out of it? No, I didn't. We were in Mexico, so I, I didn't I don't take pesos. So only dollars. <laughs> oh man. What's the reaction of everybody else who's watching that? Everybody knew what was about to happen. Everybody knew. They were encouraging it. She so, had to. She, yeah, she needed it. She needed it big time. So there's there's Magic Mike three in your future. I mean, this is there's no question. I, I believe the third one is coming out soon. I'm not in it. I'm not in it, but it's coming out. I saw a trailer the other day. But the goal is to be in the fifth. 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 Gives me time to like be done with baseball and focus on my acting career. Hey now. All right.
Hey, 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 you Rose Rotationers, are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all, and let me repeat that, all new customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. The D-K-H-H-S, P's, B's. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. East to see what prop bet will be boosted. Travis Kelsey, touchdown, is a definite. I just saw today they're putting a game-winning field goal up there. It's plus 750 right now. That could get boosted. Who knows? Download DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code ROSE, and new customers can get bet just $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code ROSE. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Now back to the show. The role you'll be playing this year, according to... Everybody that said something is shortstop for the Boston Red Sox. Now, you've played fewer than 100 games there at the major league level. Not by First choice. All, let's start with this. Not true? Not by choice. The less than 100 not games is not by choice. Okay. I love playing um, there. It's just How excited are you? Because I know this has been a, a thing that you've wanted to do for a long time. Yeah, really excited. Up to this point in my career, I feel like I've gotten the opportunity to show off my defensive skills in multiple positions. And the one that I like not regret because that's not the right word. It's not up to me. It's out of my control. But like, I wish that I could have, that I could play more short to show off what I can do there. And this year, I'm, it seems like I'm going to get the runway to, to get to that on a daily basis. So I'm really, really excited about that. Well, what, so what's the biggest challenge on being an everyday shortstop? Is there one? I mean, I don't think so, man. Cause like, I was worried that center field was going to be way too much ground to cover with considering my speed. And then of course I, I, I depend a lot on my, on my first, on my jump, on my first step. Um, I cover a lot of ground on my first step and I try to be moving before the ball gets hit kind of like an infielder and uh, basically the same as playing second, but with a longer throw, honestly. And for people that may have doubts that you can do it on an everyday basis, you tell them what? We'll talk. We'll talk in October. We'll talk in November. <laughs> Watch me. That's I it. I like that. I like that smile. Um, the, the team. If there's something. If there's something they can expect is I won't be scared. What's the worst thing that can happen? Failing at it. Whatever. It's the game of failure. Okay. I like that. Good. Um, the season, the, the team had some massive changes in the off season. Uh, you could almost call it the, the Dodgers East, if you will. Right. Kenley came in. No, you don't, you don't nah. like that. Stupid. Nah. Not a favorite. We're the Red Sox. We're the Red, We're the Red Sox. Sox. Okay. We get, we get called uh, a lot of names. We get called a lot of names. We get called <laughs> Tampa North. We get called the Dodgers East. So, but we're the Sox. We're the Bo Sox. Let's put it this way. There are a lot of players that have come in in the off season with whom you are familiar How's that sound? Great. Okay. Right. Um, Kenley Jansen is one. You know, of course, uh, Alex Verdugo has been there. You played with him in L.A. And then there's uh, this adorable little redhead that is making his way east after spending the last eight years or so um, making kind of a name for himself out in L.A. How much recruiting were you doing of Justin Turner? Um. Couple of texts and calls every day for about a month. Couple calls to Puerto Rico, calls to Boston, calls to LA, Indiana at one point. Um, yeah, Kenley was easier. Kenley was just a couple of text messages. Um, that happened really quick, but with JT, it was we. It was way harder. Um, I expect time to come up with a certain incentive for me uh for the recruitment process um but yeah it was a uh, it was a lot of fun man it was uh something that i'm proud of being able to to pull him away from there and after everything he did for that team that city he's still doing um but uh i get to have one of my buddies again on my corner uh 
it's a guy that's going to help turn around that clubhouse, man. Uh, we're going to have, like you said, we're going to, we're going to look a lot different this year. And uh, we need it. I felt that we needed some guys that were not just good on the field, but had the, the ability to, to change a culture in the clubhouse. And I know for a fact, that's a guy that can do that. Um, in my opinion, that was his team over there in LA. He, you know, his, his leadership skills are off the charts. Um it's kind of like me. He learned a lot from Chase Utley, and that's one of the best leaders I've ever been around. Uh, I think he was—he had a big, big part of of the culture change in LA once he got to that team. And uh, and I think I believe JT can do the same for this team. You mentioned yeah, a culture change for people that weren't on the inside, and obviously you guys had injuries, but a lot of teams had injuries, right? Even the the Dodgers, who won 111 games, they were all banged up all over the place, but they were able to end up with the fourth most wins in a season a year ago. What were you guys missing in terms of leadership a year ago? How do we explain it to Red Sox fans? It's just, I mean, it's hard to explain, like you said. It's hard to explain, but and, and the injuries did not help one bit because I feel like... um we lost sale was out pretty much all year. That's a, that's a big guy with a lot of influence in that clubhouse. I, I lost two and a half months. Evo, Nate, Nate lost a lot of time too. And like at that point we weren't even traveling with a team. So things get, you know, um, it almost feels like you're not even part of it. And, and then there was a lot of uncertainty, you know, a lot of upcoming free agents, uh, a lot of big decisions around the trade deadline. And I felt like, all those things created distractions away from what we were, what we really needed to focus on, which was between the lines and, and winning games. And uh, it just kind of like had a snowball effect. And then we made a lot of moves in the, the deadline and the team started looking a lot different quickly. We had a lot of kids making big league debuts last year. So it was just, it was a lot of moving pieces and we, it seemed like we weren't as a team, we were unable to like really like make everything click and like, have a, a seamless transition in, in all the, the moves and changes that were happening. And it just, it showed in the winning and the winning record. So with, with the off season moves you guys made, the way I look at it is you brought in a lot of guys that are in their thirties and most who are like mid thirties on. And those are the guys you bring in on short term deals. When you feel like we're competing for a championship right now, People will look at the Red Sox. I think you guys won fewer than 80 games. You finished last in the AL East, and people are going to say, well, wait a second. The roster construction maybe not make sense. Why does it make sense to you? Because we have a lot of guys that have been there, done that. And not just that, we have a lot of guys that are going to be coming into the season with a chip on their shoulder, whether it was because they didn't have that good a year last year or because they – you know, we got kids that are hungry, trying to prove themselves in the big that they belong in the big league. Uh, got guys with question marks whether or not they can play certain positions, certain spots. Um, we got we got our third baseman. You know, he was in my in my eyes, he was having an MVP season until he hurt his hammy and played with a with one hammy the rest of the year, and he still put up stupid numbers. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions just surrounding the the starting rotation, but I believe in my eyes, if the starting rotation is healthy, we have potential to be really good. We got a lot of guys that have a lot of experience and we have some kids like Brian Bayo. That's as exciting as starting pitcher and young starting pitcher as there is in, in, in the entire game. And we have guys that are like really flexible in terms of like being able to either start or be a bridge guy in the, in the bullpen, or they could be late, late inning guys if, if needed to. And I we proved we we did a little bit of that in 21 towards the end of the year and it helped us out we i mean fortunately we fell short but i feel like there's a lot of similarities between this team and that one maybe we don't have as much pop as we did that year but we have a lot of guys that are going to grind out at bats and we're going to put the ball in play and i mean with no shift this year putting the ball in play is going to be more important than ever so um i do think we we have the the ability to surprise a bunch of people and I mean, Trevor's injury hurt us a lot. There's no doubt about that. But if we get Trevor back in July or August, a healthy Trevor story is a game changer. And, you know, our lineup gets a lot deeper and we become a lot more dangerous as a team. And 
hopefully we're still in the in the fight and come August second, and we got and we're bringing the reinforcements that we need to bring in to be able to make a playoff push. And if we make it in, we all know that anything can happen in the postseason. So that's that's the goal. That's the mentality for this year, and we'll see what happens. Right, I like it. I I think it'll be a fascinating watch. I think regardless of which way it goes, to me, you're certainly one of the most interesting teams based on what's transpired in this offseason. Finish this sentence for me. The biggest difference playing between L.A. and Boston is? The weather. So there's no no rain delays in the NL West. (laughs) There's, There's no playing and 30 degree weather for a month and a half. Like I would say that's the biggest difference. Uh, fan wise. I mean, it's obviously right now I got to say the Red Sox have the best fans in baseball, but obviously that LA fan base, the way they welcome me with open arms and the way they still show love to me on a daily basis. They have one of the greatest fan bases in baseball as well. Uh, we get to play in two museums, you know, two of the oldest stadiums in all baseball and, I think the biggest difference is the weather, to be honest with you. So there's days out there when you were playing center field, when you first got to Boston, you're, you're probably like blowing on your hand. You're like, it's like, the fuck is going on out here? Like I've had a pretty night. much, man, pretty much. There was a game. It was the second game of the second road trip or first road trip of the season in 21. We were in Minnesota. We were in Boston, but it kind of feels the same. And it's snowing and I'm in center field and I'm like, man, what the fuck is going on? Like, I'm, I got nowhere to hide. Nobody to talk to. That's the worst part about the outfit. You got nobody to talk to. You're just there by yourself. And then I look over to my right and I see Hunter Renfro, like literally like go like this. And I was like, all right, if the white guy, I know I'm white, but I'm still from that warm island in Puerto Rico. I was like, if that guy is doing that, I'm totally fine to being as, as extra, as dramatic as I need to be. Cause I, I just, I am as miserable as I've ever been on a baseball field. But yeah, are you it's, a, a, it's are not you just a cold, but it rains a lot. Yes. Yes. I don't care how ridiculous I look. I even last year we had the the quarterback thing, the pouch. Oh yeah. For the waist. And I was wearing that. I wore I were wearing a center field. I played a game at short towards the end of the year with it on. That thing has a heater inside of it. It's the best thing ever. A little bit uncomfortable, but it's the best thing ever. Uh, way work way better than the hand warmers that you got to put in your pocket and like they don't really do much wait a second there's a built-in warmer yes so this thing the pouch you know you can put your hands uh-huh. both both hands in there obviously one hand has a glove i can't put it in but it, inside it's got like a little like it's like I, I don't i don't know the, what the material is but like there's a little line and you turn it on it's got a battery and when you turn it on, that little line, you hold on to it and it gets hot. That's awesome. It's it's amazing. I did I didn't hear I didn't find out about this thing till like I don't know, midway through the season last year, because Doogie was using it. And I was like, come on, man, guys in the bullpen were staying warm like that. Because that that's a tough bullpen in Fenway. They they got nowhere to go. Right. It's one of there's no they one of the few, I think. Maybe the only one that ha- doesn't have a room to hide in. And uh, so they're just wearing it out there. They're just sitting there through the cold all game long. It sucks. But they get, they got that. And I asked the bullpen guys, I was like, any extras? I was like, they're like, yeah, there's a couple extras. So I was wearing it, you know. At times I would get concerned if I had to die for a ball, it will get in the way. But, like, it worked great, man. And you can count on me wearing that thing again if I have to. Is it worse fielding or hitting when it's freezing? Uh, I mean, hitting sucks. It, it obviously sucks, but for me, like, at least when you're hitting, you're only out there when you're hitting and you get to hide in the dugout or running the bases. But when you're running the bases, it doesn't bother you as much as when you're hitting. But fielding, man, like, if we get those long innings, you got nowhere to go. Your feet are freezing. Your hands, you can't feel your hands. It's tough to throw because you can't feel your hands. So, like, I, I would say fielding for sure. So um, with Puerto Rico, you're going to be playing for the World Baseball Classic, right? Again? Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, so I think Correa's back. Lindor. Baez. Mm -hmm. So if we could decide who would play shortstop just based on an ability, let's say, outside of baseball. And we we rank you one, two, three, four. 
just based on something else. What are you definitely better than those three guys at in anything? Than them? Yeah. They can't play like I like I can play every position. Javi might be the only one, but he hasn't done it consistently to be able to play center field the way I can play center field. So those so three like guys have put, a gold glove. I don't have a gold glove, so. So if we put Lindor in center, he's going to be lost. I think he's a good enough athlete to be able to play there, but he might not play the same way I do. And this is not about ego. It's about winning. And that's why Carlos plays third, and that's why Javi plays second. We, we all want to win. We don't really care where we play. I, I think the thing that'll be fascinating to watch with your team, Yachty's going to be the manager, isn't he? Yachty's going to be the manager, yeah. Even our manager has a gold glove. Yeah, he's got a few of them. He's got a lot of them, yeah. Holy shit. I, I can't wait to see him in the dugout because, I mean, I know how intense he was behind the plate. This is going to be interesting, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One thing's for sure. We're going to know our manager has our back one way or the other. That's the only that's how that's the only thing I can I can guarantee you. He's gonna have our back. Um so one of the guys that's a regular on on the Chris Rose rotation is Lucas Giolito of the White Sox. And we just had him on. He spent part of his offseason down in the Dominican. And I said, Well, you know, in addition to all the good work that he was doing humanitarian wise, he did get to take in some baseball. And I said, Well, what was the best part? He said, watching a little league game. And here's why he loved it. They had like a live play-by-play and a color commentary, just like blasting through the speakers. Kids are bat flipping and and there's like a ton of emotion on the field. Like the kid struck out the last batter looking and did like a whole celebration on the mound and everyone came to, to the mound. They're like chanting, they're uh, dancing and like the other teams getting heated. It was like, so it, it was so cool to take in because my experience playing youth baseball was not like that at all. <laughs> like, yeah, I did gain a little bit of knowledge of like, okay, yeah, this is the culture that's been ingrained in you since you started when you first picked up a bat or a ball. And it's, I think it's great. I think it's awesome. Is that the way it is in Puerto Rico? I haven't been to a little game in a long time, but I can, I can, I can believe it, man. It's kind of like, have you seen those basketball videos going out of like nine-year-olds like taunting the other team and stuff? Yeah, I have. The, the kids do what the big leaguers do. The kids do what their heroes do. And we're starting to, the generation is starting to switch in the game where like they really enjoy bat flipping. They really enjoy like all these things that maybe when I came up, like it was like the unwritten rule. You can't do that, you know? And so when I came up, we weren't really doing that, but the parents, it was, the parents were singing all game long, like choreographed songs, each side. They're like, parents are like singing songs to opposing parents, like things like that. So like, we're used to that like side of it, where there's like music going on all game. So like, that's where like the passion and the flavor of the game, I feel like, that's where it comes from. You know, we're always like from the beginning, like you're playing games that like that matter, even from at a very young age. You know, you got your parents with instruments singing all these songs. Like we like in the dugout, we would sing as well. Um, There's a song that like that translated to like the pitcher that's pitching, his legs are shaking. Um, that pitcher that the pitcher on the mount has no wife. He sleeps with a cow, like things like that, <laughs> like those little kid songs that like made it even better. And it's just that's I don't know. We we can't help it. We are we are cultures that are music driven, like passion driven. And I can totally see the little kids these days, like doing all those all those things. I would enjoy the play by play commentary when I was a kid, for sure, because it would have made me feel like I was playing in the big leagues. But uh fortunately we didn't have that back in the day so basically what i'm um hearing is that for one of the yankees red sox games this year that you guys will be chanting something interesting when you know nestor cortez is on the mound saying he well his his, 
His legs are literally shaking when he does the shimmy. It's true. So, so it's a very fitting song for him. <laughs> Get everybody on board. I love that. That's one of the many reasons I love the World Baseball Classic is I love the energy where guys are hopping out of the dugout. I feel like I'm watching the Little League World Series and all that stuff. I mean, I want to see us bring that to Major League Baseball. I hate it when somebody does something different and people are like, well, it's not how you play the game. Really? Really? Come on. Yeah. Guys that have been out of the game for 20, 30 years. But um, one of the things that I'm really, really excited about is like 2017, last WBC, we played in Mexico the first round. And the second round was in San Diego. And we could see the first two rounds in Miami. We could literally feel the atmosphere by watching on TV. I cannot wait to experience that atmosphere. Because I got to play in that stadium, call it my home stadium. But we all know all you could hear in that stadium was the Clevelander music. (laughs) And you can, there's not, there wasn't really any fans. But to see that stadium, I bet that stadium gets really loud. And then having all the the, the, the DR, us, Venezuela, Israel is going to have a, I feel like they're going to have a sneaky good team. Nicaragua, they might be making their debut this year, but like, Seeing those all those cultures that are all living there, there's a bunch of Latin, like Latin people in, in Miami, and then it's a very close flight from Puerto Rico. It's a two-hour flight from Puerto Rico. Same with the DR. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be something. Yeah, it's gonna be great energy. I can't wait. I'm so happy that it's back. When it, I actually went to the championship game when it was out here in 2017, and it was one of my greatest in-person baseball memories. It just, I loved seeing the stadium where it's half you know, rooting for one country and half for another. I just think it's great. It's one of yeah. the smarter things that baseball. I don't remember that game very well, but yeah. I know. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, there are a bunch of new rules this year. Your guy is still, you still have some speed. When there's, when the pitcher has thrown over twice now, aren't you automatically going to go? Well, I found out about a new rule. Like a week ago, at, when I went to Winter Weekend, it was like, I was like, after he picks twice, he can't pick anymore, right? So you're automatically right. taking the biggest lead in the world. And like, and they said that after the second pick, if he picks again, he's it's got he's got to, the runner has to be out. Otherwise, right. he, I think he gets awarded the base. So <laughs> you could try to automatically steal, but if he picks and you're out, it, he it, it's totally legal. Yeah, but I mean, or maybe, or my 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 uh, my strategy might be like taking like a thirty foot lead, and then cheating back to the back so that I'm safe. I'm gonna draw the throw. I'm gonna be safe, and then I get second base anyways. Yeah, I mean, it'll be to me. That's the rule. I like the rules. I like the change. Um, I like banning the shift. I'm all in favor of that. The bigger bases, I think, should be interesting. I want more athleticism and action in the game. This one, though, I'm not so sure I'm in favor of. I just... Limiting the number of pickoffs at first is going to be... That's going to be really... T- I don't know. That's a tough adjustment for me. Yeah. I I think that that rule... I don't know if people have thought about it this way, but like I think that rule is going to change a little bit the way the manager strategized. Because mm-hmm. they got to be... They got to be even one step ahead of the game because... A lot of times the picks are coming from the dugout. So to get somebody warm in the bullpen, you just keep picking over, picking over it so that the guy can be ready for the for either that hitter or the next hitter. So you only got two now. You got to figure out other ways. I don't know how, like, if the clock is going to affect this way, but, like, I'm a big untying my shoes to give the pitcher in the bullpen some time to warm up. I don't know how that's going to affect the the – the game, if the clock still allows that to happen, but that's going to be the new one. Everybody in the infield on Tyler shoes and time out one at a time, tie their shoes, get called, get a flag, delay a game. I don't know. So wouldn't you um, untie your shoes on purpose? Do you step on them in order to no, or do you not actually that, just physically? Not, there's, yeah, there's not people that are like watching you. So like you just – I'm a big double bunny double bunny uh, rabbit tie. So like uh, it's easy to just pull one and like the whole thing comes out. 
So that's an easy, easy one. But uh, yeah, just wait till you see the bo- the basis. I got to rehab back to back years, uh, minor league minor league rehab games, and it literally looks like there's three picks, pizza boxes on the field. Really? Very. Yeah. They to the eye, they're terrible. It's gonna take a minute for the audience to get used to them. But it's gonna make it substantially more easy to steal a base, is it not? I don't see how that is a fact, but no. They they claim they claim they apparently there are studies that you, there's going to be less injuries and more stolen bases. I don't know. Well, there's so many bang bang plays though. You know, when you've been covering second for all these years, you know where there's enough where there's this much distance, right? Between yeah, but a lot of, out or safe. A lot of times, guys are out now because of the challenge. Yeah. When you when you like slide head first and you're like sliding, you pretty much slide past the bag. Almost every time your body comes off the bag at some point through that transition. And if you keep the tag on, like you have a chance of getting the guy out on challenge. So I don't know. I'm interested to see if if it's actually true, whether it's going to bring more stolen bases or if it's going to avoid injuries. If it's going to avoid injuries, I'm all for it, but we will see. The bags did feel a little like hollow in the middle, like softer Mm. in the middle of the bag. So Guys might want to make sure that they're stepping on the corner of the bag to avoid a little ankle roll. Got it. Okay. Um, have you ever dragged somebody off of a base intentionally? You know how like somebody's momentum obviously keeps going on a steal and you kind of help push them off the base? Uh, not really. I feel like I feel like umpires are good at like recognizing when that happens and saying that the guy's safe. Cause he got pushed off the bag, but, uh, I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, shoulder guy. If you're blocking the bag, Oh, if you're going to block the bag, I'm just, I'm probably, you're probably going to get a shoulder. I'm going to go in hard because that's the only way of being safe. Okay. She's blocking the bag. You gotta, you gotta make sure you get through. Okay. A little bit of running back play in you. Yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, Back in your Dodger days, Justin Turner was wearing, I believe, a USC outfit on one of your dress-up days for some sort of team flight or whatever it was. Yeah. And I don't know exactly how to explain, but it's you and who else is playing the drug tester? David Freeze. David Freeze. Oh, my God. Okay. Got to be honest with you. It looks like you're being a pecker checker. That's what they are. That's what they are. So they actually stand there while you're tinkling? Yeah, you got to put your shirt up to your chest, pants almost down to your knees. They got to get a good view that it's – it's. what word do I want to use for this? That it's yours? I'm going to say they need to make sure that it's all your balls and your piece, and there's urine coming out of it. And they just get a good look. And then they're like, yeah, that's good enough. If I could observe pitchers as intense as they observe my <laughs> guy down there, I would be a way better hitter. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that all happened because I remember um God, this is this is easily more than 15 years ago. There was a guy who played for the Minnesota Vikings, and I don't want to say his name because I'm not a hundred percent. Sure, it was him, but I'm almost positive that he brought a thing called a wizenator, which is a f- fake penis, and it was filled with clean urine. And he took it in to do a drug test. And this is not when they were checking everything back in the day. We're just in the bathroom with you. And so he had a clean urine sample when he obviously was doing things that he shouldn't have. I've so, heard stories like yeah. that in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. You you can blame it on the wizenator. The Wizenator. That's it. The Keekinator's bet down there. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, before we let you go, you played with Granky, right? My first year with the Dodgers, yeah. More I, interesting teammate, Zach Granky or Joe Kelly? Zach, yeah. Huh. Okay. 
because you 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 already know what to expect from Joe. There's stories all around the league about Joe, and Joe wasn't the first crazy guy I played with. So, you know, I but like Zach is just there's only one Granky. Joe's like the wild card. He's one of kind, but there's always a wild card in every team. Uh-huh. But I, like, there's not a Zach in every team. What was the best part of Granky? His uh, his no filter, his honesty. There's no no doubt about it. His honesty was my favorite part about him. Would he talk to you as a when you were in your first? I mean, you were still young in the league. I try so to I try to talk I try to talk to him as much as I could because um, I feel like every time I talk to him I learn some I learn whether it was baseball or something else. You could always learn about Zach. Like one of the things that caught like caught my attention so much was like he knew every prospect that that it was I played with him in 2015. He knew almost every prospect in the draft that year. He sat in the Dodgers draft in the draft room during that day. Like to me, that was unbelievable. That was like I admired that. I, I like I don't I don't care that much to sit in the draft room and go through that with the team and wanting to find out what that's like or, but yeah, he's, I mean, I, I've, I've seen him. I've been, I've been hitting a driveline this off season and he's, he's throwing there. And every time we see each other, we, we talk, we talk a little baseball. He signed when he just signed with Kansas city, but uh, he was asking me about a couple of teams that he was talking to. And I try to bring him over to us, but. They were like, you got JT, you got Kenley, you can't get everybody you want. So, yeah. That's cute. Why, what made Joe Kelly so crazy? I don't know, man. He's, he's Joe. I don't know how to explain it. He's, uh, I would say Joe's a lot nicer than what I expected Joe to be. I don't know. Mm. Like I expected Joe to just be that intense guy at all times, like wanting to fight at all times, but like, no, he's he's a great guy, you know. I love Joe. It's just he's got that that really quick button that like snaps, and we start seeing red, and we better stop Joe, or he's gonna have to run through a wall. He uh, he's a phenomenal athlete, isn't he? Oh, he's great. He flies, man. He can fly. He was probably the fastest runner on that team. Really, when I play with him. Yeah. It was fun to watch, watching him shag whenever he wasn't playing video games. Watching him shag, he's, he's, he, was, he could move. Yeah. No, everybody always said the guy could run and he could jump like you wouldn't believe. Like, you know, freaky strong for, freaky strong for how, like, he's, he's a pretty thin guy. And, like, yeah, he's, he's not, like, very, yeah, but he's strong, very strong in the weight room. He throws weight around. Okay. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you hanging out with us for this this much time. It's good to catch yeah, up. Man. Absolutely. Same here. Appreciate um, you having me. No, no. It's this was this was fun. So you'll go to you'll go to Red Sox camp for a little while, and then you duck out and you head down to Miami. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, we. I'm flying out there on the 10th, a couple of days early to make sure I get some extra ground balls, and uh, and yeah, March 6th, I believe, is when our training camp starts for Team Puerto Rico and. Conveniently, we are having our workouts at JetBlue Park. Yeah. So I don't have to go anywhere till the 9th, which is when we transition to Miami. So I'm happy about that. Have you, do you know what you're going to be playing for Puerto Rico? Yeah, center field. Okay. So I make sure I get there a couple days early, get a couple extra reps at short, um, breaking the infield glove, play catch with the outfield glove that I'm going to use in WBC. Because I'm not going to be playing center field in spring, but um, yeah, it's going to be great. Okay, but that doesn't just real quickly that doesn't worry you about being away from the team, even though you're changing positions now full time. Because people will be like, "Well, wait a second, he's our shortstop, but he's playing center field, and he's not working with our coaches and all that sort of stuff." This is the big leagues; we, nobody should be worried, right? I played. I had to be ready to play seven different positions. And on a daily basis in LA, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Before, before you retire, do you want to play all nine in a game? No, I've had that opportunity. Uh, 
Bob Guerin wanted me to wanted to make it happen. I said it at once, but uh, I don't want to catch, man. I don't work up, and I don't want to work up for one inning. I also feel like I probably could get hurt catching in a game. Never caught in my life, so I can catch a bullpen, but I don't know if I don't know if I'm going to reach my hand too far. And the guy swings. Guys throw really hard these days with like movement, so like. That's not it's not that important to me. I'd rather stay on the field than than get that personal accolade or whatever. You don't wear a cup. I don't wear a cup. Kikanator is a dang exposed every day. I don't know if I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm just saying that you're in the infield now every day. Ball gets on you quick. I won't work up. <laughs> I used to pay $20 a, a day every time our infield coordinator used to come into town in the minor leagues because he would go by with a fungo to everybody. And I was like, I can give you the money at a time. I'm not going to wear it. So he would tap you in the crotch yeah. with the bat yeah. to make sure yeah. you're wearing one. Yeah. And I would cover myself and I would give him the money. I stopped wearing one when I was 14. It would shave my thighs. I would get like, I'll get some chafing going on. And I was like, so much more comfortable without one. Why wear this thing? I just want to let you know, I wear one when I do podcasts. That's how much of a baseball guy I am. Really? No. Can I see it? Listen, I'm 52. It's over now anyway. So it doesn't, <laughs> at this point, seriously, I've been married 25 years. I'm 50. It's finished. You know, oh, whatever yeah. happened, I could think could fall off and I wouldn't even know at this point. Really? So you're not going to, I'm not going to see you in a Viagra commercial anytime soon. Well, actually <laughs> depends how many more jobs I lose. You might, uh, you might be seeing. I, th I think you're, you'll be fine. No Viagra commercials for you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, as always, we appreciate it. Let's catch up during the season as well. Maybe we'll get you and, uh, and our buddy, uh, Justin Turner. I'm good with that. Sounds good to me. That would be awesome. Have a good time at the World Baseball Classic. Enjoy playing short and have a good, healthy 2023 up there at Fenway. All right, my man? Thank you very much. Hey, if you want, we're going to be living together in spring training. So, You and Turner? Yes, sir. Oh, my uh, gosh. Who's who's the clean one? Who's the, who's the dirty one? We're about to find out. We uh, never lived together before, so... We're about to oh find out. my gosh, this is going to be fascinating. Oh, yeah, we might have to do this during yeah. spring training. I think we need to book it. Yep. Awesome. Uh, shout out to our one of a kind producer, the always intelligent, handsome, talented Robbie Scirocco. That is Enrique Jose Hernandez Gonzalez. I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.